0: This podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Music Venue Trust. The Music Venue Trust is a UK-registered charity which acts to protect, secure and improve grassroots music venues. The Music Venue Trust works to gain recognition of the essential role these venues fulfil, not only for artist development, but also for the cultural and music industries, the economy and local communities. They aim to preserve and improve venues, making them more efficient and improving the experience of performers and audiences. During the COVID crisis, Music Venue Trust mobilised Music Lovers to support the Save Our Venues campaign, raising over £5 million to support grassroots music venues and prevent closures. They worked hard to try and ensure that venues would survive and be ready to reopen when public health guidelines permitted. Now that some venues are able to reopen, Music Venue Trust is working to revive live, but that does not mean that all venues are financially secure. The next few months will continue to be challenging for everyone, and they will continue to fundraise for the venue support services Music Venue Trust offers, especially for those venues in need of the GMV crisis service. There are some exciting Save Our Venues projects still being worked on, so please do support where you can. Visit www.saveourvenues.co.uk to donate and do your part. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of We Didn't Know How Good We Had It. And this week, I'm really, really pleased to be joined by Paul Broome, frontman of Faux Shizzles, if I said that correctly every single time I keep getting Faux Shizzles, uh, and label manager at d Paul, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Richard.
1: It's good so Good to, to speak to you again.
0: It's good to speak to you too. Yeah, we've actually been chatting quite a little bit more recently, so but it's really, really nice to, for those who don't know, see you over Zoom um we've both changed our style up a little bit from when i, I last saw you the hair's looking great
1: thank you yes my other half is, might disagree See, so mine is not
0: not so much therefore we've swapped out we can go half and half together i think we should uh <laughs> we should meet up and just have a have a hair swap but yeah how have you been how has the last sort of 18-19 months i forget what month it is now to be honest with you <laughs> um
1: but yeah how have you been um it's july um i think it's it's um it's been a challenge let's <laughs> say it's been a challenge yeah um, having a small child in this time has not been a, the greatest experience, so um, although, really you know, say,
0: you've got loads of time to do all the things that you wouldn't necessarily get to do. But then you go, what do I do with all this time now? Well, well yeah, so much time to bond.
1: <laughs> Lots of time together. No time, no chances for day trips and those mm. kinds of experience building, you know, encounters that you can have. You know? I, yeah, I miss the seaside. That That's what's be. happened to me. I, I need to see the sea. You just come down to Cardiff. I'll take you down to the bay. Bring, bring the family. Bring Heather, and we'll
0: uh, we'll go and have an ice cream. It's a date. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to ask you this because I've seen none of you can see here. Paul is surrounded by records right now, and it's possibly one of the best <laughs> collections I've seen. And I can see is that eight Calax shelves full already, and there's another oh, four on top of that.
1: If if I could move the camera back a bit, you'd see it's it's the wall basically. It, it's very 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 impressive. Have you, you heard? This is a tangent.
0: I didn't think I was going to ask you this, but have you heard any any good records or discovered any records over the past sort of eighteen months that have made their way into those shelves? Uh yeah, loads. Too many probably.
1: <laughs> um, it's it's I've, a lot of the stuff I've been listening to recently has been like the kind of weird pop kind of stuff. You know what I mean? There's there's, hmm. there's been a lot of really interesting, like Jane Weaver um gazelle twin that kind of stuff Mm. um so i've been kind of um finding a lot of interesting stuff that's been released Um, a lot of it seems to have been kind of you know lockdown influenced or uh, lockdown enforced i suppose (laughs) people singing songs about being sat at home all day yeah exactly
0: i feel like i i admit this usually towards the end of most of the episodes so i doubt anyone's heard me say this but i've been so terrible at consuming music over the last (laughs) sort of like 18 months considering like what my profession was before the end of the world sort of started to happen um (laughs) but i've gotten more and more into it a lot more recently um i mean funny enough i actually bought your your guys first well, the live recording record um from d das there last year and that's been on my record player for the past couple of weeks oh nice um but yeah we'll you you guys are releasing another record for shizzles are um towards the end of this month that's right yeah
1: yeah, educational catastrophe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you self releasing that as well? Uh, yeah, that's coming out on ddas there. Um, nice. At the end of this month. Um, vinyl in November. <laughs> yeah, hopefully with the. We
0: just we were just discussing this beforehand about all the delays that people have had to put up with when it comes to like self releasing.
1: Or even, I suppose, big. it's absolutely crazy. I mean, when we when we got the because um, I don't know if uh, anybody that orders vinyl to be pressed understands this, but um. Yeah, the first step is to like get a quote from the agent who handles it all. And you get the quote up front so that you know, okay, well, roughly I can price it at this, I need this many units. Um, but by the time we were actually ready to place the order, we went back. <laughs> and the, not only had the quote shot up, um, but the uh, the waiting period, which was uh, lead time was supposed to be three months, had gone up to nine months. Yeah. <laughs> It's this, almost is, like this, the you know we rely. Issues.
0: It's almost like we rely on uh, on on Europe to to help us with the, these things. Def-
1: that's definitely impacted it as, as Brexit, obviously, um, but um, and the COVID restrictions has, has impacted it as well. I think, but also I think just uh, maybe records today day as well. You know, all the represses that everybody's oh, yeah, everyone getting. needs to get those Smiths
0: records, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, all those eighties soundtracks and things. Yes, yeah, and and
0: Disney soundtracks. Everyone needs <laughs> to that exactly, on vinyl. Yeah. But I mean, how is it like running a label and being a band on the label? How how does that sort of crossover for you? Do you go, oh, I can just release my own record. This is going to be great. Or do you go, oh God, I have to release <laughs> my own record.
1: Um, a bit of both, really. I mean, it's nice to be in control, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find it easier to promote other people's records. Mm-hmm. I get a little bit, you know. Yeah. cringy when i'm try- trying to sell my own stuff Did you like post
0: post when your own records out when someone else buys another one like we were discussing before back in the day when you like download music from LimeWire and you get a package and you have someone else's music in there as well to push it out a <laughs> little little for shizzle cd slipped in there
1: like, <laughs> that's a good idea actually yeah see, start
0: there come back to me for more marketing ideas if you need <laughs> them like i have nothing else to do and um, but yeah like uh, how was recording that um you recorded it in wales didn't you? you you were telling me earlier on with jim
1: yeah we we demoed it up um in last March, April, in the first lockdown, mm-hmm. um, so we recorded. I recorded like guitars and sent it to Vicky to put some drums on, and then sent it to Mike to put some bass on. So we we got like probably two dozen tracks demoed up, ready to go, uh, and we chose the album tracks. Uh, finally, managed to book some time in a studio in October, I think it was. Um, so then we went to Giant Wafer in Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Jim Zorn again, yeah, who recorded the first album, and we did it all in three days basically, got all the nice. tracks down. Nice. Is
0: that how is it like? I think I think Dicky is one of the funniest people I've never met. <laughs> um, I've always always enjoyed. Um, if anyone who knows knows Dicky, uh, he did a how was it how to iron your shirt
1: and oh, how to wrap yeah.
0: Christmas presents. Are oh, honestly, I need to I'll share them with everyone. Genuinely, the funniest things that I've ever seen, and he's an incredible drummer to boot, which sort of goes <laughs> goes well yeah. with that. But yeah. Um, how was those three days and was it like quite intense or did you find like because you demoed everything beforehand and you sort of got yourself a, a plan i guess was it like go in do what we have to and enjoy it while we do it
1: it was pretty good actually it was i mean it's giant wafers in the you know i mean most of wales is beautiful but it's in a particularly beautiful valley and and um it's kind of in a farmhouse um off the beaten track um a gym wouldn't basically wake up until noon anyway so I found <laughs> I had all the mornings to just chill out and read nice. books and you know work on the lyrics a bit more um and then the recording just went pretty smoothly yeah
0: it yeah, sounds like the, like the perfect cliché if you don't mind me saying like out in the middle of nowhere like yeah, in a yeah, cottage and yeah. a record label like, it, like, it was record. my
1: first experience of a residential studio and it was a, a great one to choose
0: so yeah. you're the second person in in a in a week that I've had on autos so minus the gap where the idea was to go somewhere and load everything in and, and do it. And I think it was Ash from Sugar Horse said that they were looking at Airbnb in someone's cottage and been like, yeah, expecting a, a young family to turn up and there's these six dudes <laughs> with Marshall stacks and stuff going like, but I bet it was nice to go somewhere that was uh, sort of predestined to, to do what it is. That it's
1: supposed Yeah. To. Yeah. It's, it's a really good studio as well. Um,
0: While we're on it, I just want to like uh, bring up obviously Jim, Jim's on anyone who isn't aware, um, runs a, Black country recording company who sadly lost a lot if not all of his his stuff in a in a fire a couple of years back now wasn't it, um, it was, yeah, yeah. and uh you know a lot of our friends bands as well lost quite a lot of things mm-hmm. in that that horrible accident or, or or whatever it was and um if anyone I suppose, i guess you can always need support if you can support your friends or, or people who do some some good work in that but jim's one of those one of those good guys that definitely definitely deserves people's support if he's, if he's still looking for it. Because as you mentioned before, he's probably just got everything from eBay and, and managed to get all the bargains he's, in he's, the century from it.
1: Yeah, he's been slowly building his um, kit list back up again and he's, he's looking for some decent premises in Wolverhampton um, that won't burn down this time, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think
0: the only time it was... Um, was it was it the fuck up? Was it the the building itself um, by the back of the train tracks, wasn't it? Um yeah. Where everything was because I mean, um, that, that was the first place that you and I met as well. That wasn't I wasn't, that, yeah, that
1: wasn't the the place. No, his studio was a bit out of town, um, ah, ah. but um, yeah, the fuck up's gone now as well, though. So <laughs> that's been knocked down it's for houses. Bringing housing. up all of the negative vibes on, yeah, I Yeah, Yeah, it's are, a great yeah. start to this episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck up was great, but that, yeah, that's where we first met, um, doing. Um, the then Walls video, yeah. Yeah, the, okay. I said to you the coldest day of my life. Still to this day, it the was, coldest
0: day of my life. It was November, wasn't it? And yeah, and you decided to you with water. spray yeah. us all with ice cold water on our faces and stick. I, I, I feel like no. If anyone's hasn't seen this video, what I, I'm going to describe it as, it, it <laughs> almost like it's not like you had to have been there to be. But it was like paper tissue on people's faces, painted different colours, water sprayed on their face, pulling them off like you were pulling your face off. Yeah, uh, and then you try to suffocate Greg Nolan uh, Stew with a gigantic piece of plastic. If that's my recollection of the whole, it's
1: roughly about right, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was that with the storyboard then? There was there was a bit more creative <laughs> input than that, I think. You know, no, it was it was a
0: great day. And a, a, another saying like it's where we met a lot of people as well. Like I'd known Graham for a while, um, and it was nice meeting Greg properly for the first time without. Him being absolutely blasted on cider at a, <laughs> a gig of the Hare and Hounds, uh, and like and actually get to hang out with Noel as well, because known Noel for quite some time before then as well, but actually get to hang out with them and meet yourself, because then we went on to do music video ourselves as well. Yes, um, yeah, which I, I enjoyed that like, one. Yeah. That
1: was another another one where we roped in loads of bands, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, actually, yeah, because we had the guys in Ghost Dead Airplanes, the guys from Sex Wolf came and pretended to be us, which was great fun. The guys in Maze of Toronto came and pretended to be us as well.
1: That was it.
0: Um, and then, yeah, we got to play with some fairy lights. That's always, that was, seems to be one of our <laughs> favorite, my band's favorite things to do. That was.
1: <laughs> I've actually seen that video idea ripped off at least two or three times since then as well.
0: Tell them me, yeah, I need to get a lawyer. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, you're incredibly creative on basically every step of it, if you don't mind me saying. And most people sort of blush a little bit when they say that. But um, okay. you are in, in, in every sense of it when it comes to sort of writing and the creative side to photography and videography and stuff. Um, and just the whole like, we were discussing earlier being a promoter there's so much more work going into it than i think people um really sort of give credit for and not that we do it for credit yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) it's not like we we i say we haven't we obviously haven't done it for a while but promoters themselves don't do it for the credit but we love seeing people have a good time and that's where we sort of take for myself that's where i take a lot of it from as long as i've got 10 pound in my bag to get a taxi home (laughs) don't really mind about the rest of the evening about that but yeah um when it comes to putting on shows, you guys are, are killing it in Birmingham. Thanks. Um, especially with the, the You're Welcome Festival, uh, which I didn't get to play. <laughs> just wanted uh, to for, it uh, that out Is that right? No, uh, I also I was always on holiday every time it was on. Oh, like, yeah. I'm big sure. big I was going
1: to say, say, I'm sure we asked you.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure the first time we got asked, I think it was the first one that you did, because it was upstairs and downstairs in the Wagon and Horses, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, um, first three or four years, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah and uh, keep, I just kept missing it. And the lineups. So when mean, you had idols there, you had... Um, Goddamn. Yeah. Was God Damn the first one?
1: They were on the first one, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Was that where Tom put his guitar through the ceiling in the stage? Or was that an earlier Goddamn show? Sure, I'm trying to remember. I think that there. was an
1: earlier one. It's, the ceiling pretty, was pretty high in that upstairs. So, <laughs> so it, had, it had like um, a... Per- it paint. It's, it's like a galaxy painted on it, wasn't it, or something? But this is was the, the outdoor stage, I think it was. Oh, the, the, it's entirely possible he could have put yeah. his guitar through that. and yeah.
0: he just like got the head of his guitar and just stabbed his way through the ceiling because (laughs) the most rock and roll thing
1: you could possibly. When when you're doing those all days, you very rarely get a chance to see a lot of the bands. Yeah. Running around just sorting everything out.
0: Done the one when we did the the ones at the flap when I did Little Cavalier Festival, it was always like that. I'd book all these bands, like I look at the lineup, I've got the the posters on my office wall and I look at the lineup and go, I think I saw one of them. (laughs) Because I was just running around like a knob for like seven or eight hours in a day and um trying to stop sammy from well, get her to calm me down just like just have <laughs> a sit down in the jacket potato and all be okay like yeah how did it come how did the festival idea come around i know because we, we kind of did it at around about the same time actually i think one of them was was a weekend the same time as ours because we had ben forrester who actually another one that you've you placed yeah. thing yeah he came came played we were raising money for for a uh, our good friend uh, Dan Beasley from Cleft mm-hmm. um, and Ben came down and did a half an hour set and then he went over and, and played you guys and I think we chucked him in an Uber with his guitar and was like quick go like you've got <laughs> 20 minutes to get there and um, that's commitment to the cause so shout out to Ben there who also on the podcast as well Great um, but yeah how did it? How did that sort of idea come around then?
1: Um, it, the first one was was planned just before I got involved with d um because I, I kind of met the other people when they put my band when they put four chisels on mm-hmm. um, for one of the first gigs in Birmingham, I think. Um, first time I played mothers anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and I met them and we really hit it off. And quite soon after that, they asked me to, to start helping out and stuff. Um, but yeah, that so that first one was organized quite early on. I think d had only been going about five, four or five months, probably mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, and the idea was really to just do something in a small venue, with predominantly local bands, um, but also bring in some uh, out of town bands to, you know, boost the ticket sales a bit. Yeah, um, and just to kind of celebrate, really, the, the kind of underground scene in Birmingham again, because um, you know we we kind of felt that it it had there was a, there's places for quite large but larger bands to play, and there's but there was nowhere. There was no celebration of that smaller scene, really. Yeah, um, it's
0: happening a lot now, though, isn't it? A lot. More. I suppose it's kind of weird yeah. to be doing it now. I guess also, let let's forget last year happened, but even the couple of years before then, it was <laughs> yeah. start. It was starting to happen then, actually, pro- properly. I know you guys in um, for for all intensive purposes, what we were doing and what the guys at the Flapper were doing, and a lot of the guys at the Victoria were doing as well. We we're, were trying to do that, but it wasn't quite like gluing together, maybe as well as as. um as we all wanted it to. Hmm. And then this festival came around and like, I I was kind of the opposite mentality when I was doing a little Cavalier festival. Yes. There was all these amazing Birmingham bands. I wanted to um, like champion and be like, look at all these bands. But then I went, but I can get bands from everywhere. And I think by the end of it, I had like, if I look at the lineup, like two bands, I think it was from (laughs) from West Midlands at least. But um, yeah, you guys basically, Kick that up a notch, and the, the bands we that played it first. Ones. Yeah. yeah, we tried yeah. to do it at least like
1: 50-50 you know, mm-hmm. local and national, basically.
0: So, but you yeah. you kicked it up with with a lot of the bands that that did come out of it. Because obviously, Them Wolves, a the band we'll talk about in a bit. Um, who else do we have? We already mentioned Goddamn. Um, you have Mayors of Toronto playing it. Those are a good bunch of lads. Yeah, no, they opened one. Um, you? Yeah, you have Poetry. Um, yeah, you know, I could mm-hmm. just probably keep naming them,
1: but. Yeah, there's so many. Like Birmingham is is annoyingly good it's right now. To, he's quicker to name the Birmingham bands we, we didn't manage to get in the end. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, again, that, that shows like
0: bands want to play your shows as well. I know you, you sort of stepped away a bit from the live side to to focus on the record mm. stuff, but you were there predominantly, obviously, when we wanted to, to be playing and being, being involved and, and getting you guys involved as well. and But bands wanted to come and play your shows, which really said something about, about yourselves.
1: I think it's the same as, as you guys, you know, because we were in bands as well. We kind of know what bands want and yeah. what they appreciate. Really, bands you know? don't like Carling. If anyone's a promoter, though, <laughs> no. Bands don't no. like Carling and no Carling, no Fosters.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you want you want some premium lagers <laughs> and a hot meal. That's and and preferably yeah. somewhere yeah. to sleep. I think that people realise that bands sleep to recharge their energy. They don't just get back in the van and go up to Norwich or, or wherever they're yeah. onto next. But
1: so that, yeah. that's it really. Just cause kind of we just try and foster relationships. I think because that's the. It's the key to it really
0: if we can go back a bit um, what got you into music if you want to go back as, as far as you like was there a moment that you think you picked up the guitar and went this is me now whether it's being in a band or whether it's something surrounding this instrument like where where did where did that start for you?
1: I, I was probably a bit of a late bloomer I think really um, I, I had guitar um, when I was like a teenager um, but I never felt that it would, being in a band was something that people just did you know. I, I thought it was something you were kind of born to and you had to be really special to be in a band <laughs> yeah. you know um, then when I got to university um, a friend, uh, I made friends with this, this guy there um, called Miles um, and he'd kind of, he was kind of a one man band, he'd got a studio at home uh, and uh, he had this golf band called Earth Calling Angela nice. uh, and he, he asked me to kind of join to do the live shows with him and to play guitar and stuff and that's when that's when I kind of realised. Oh, hang on, actually, you don't have to be a virtuoso. You don't have to yeah. be, you know, Jimi Hendrix to get up on stage. You just, just gotta like, uh, it. you gotta love it. That's it. Exactly. It, yeah. And and that, it bit me then. Yeah. That was that was my first experience.
0: So it's good yeah. to like then. I said, you. I mean, everyone goes from burn. I want to be in a band. Like that's my mm. thing. To all the other stuff, like being an agent, being a promoter being a photographer being all that sort of stuff that revolves around the creative arts and things Mm. that one instrument whether it's a pair of drumsticks or a bass guitar or just someone singing it it can lead you into so many more ways than just being a musician i'm using air commas there for the the people who can't see but um (laughs) i think this goes on to the thing i mentioned to you before is that a lot of the general public or the the everyday music consumer don't see the extra work that goes in behind it um, sometimes that could be for the better, because if they saw my spreadsheets, they'd be like, God, this is boring um, but then you know as long as they said earlier, as long as they're having a nice time at the show, who am I to judge so
1: that that's it yeah that's that's the pay when you when you can stand back at the at the, at the back of a sold out show and you see everybody jumping around and having a laugh that that is the ultimate payback
0: you the go. I haven't filled out the risk assessment don't jump too high like <laughs> just keep it keep it calm, enjoy yourselves in an orderly manner. <laughs> Yeah, have you guys got any plans for Shizzles to have to play any shows this year? Have you got anything in,
1: locked in, or if you, if you can't say? Uh, we've got one locked in at the minute. Uh, mm-hmm. We're playing the Night Owl in Digbeth mm-hmm. on the 1st of October with the uh, Frauds. Nice. Uh, oh, those good, are good friends. Good ours. band. A, another band that played the first, you're welcome, actually. Oh, um, yeah. And, and pretty much, yeah, quite a few. We have had them back every every six months, pretty much.
0: I think I played with them on one of your shows um, at Mother's. I'm trying to remember there was a Valentine's Day show that we played and had an absolutely yes. fantastic time. And it that was,
1: was, yeah, yeah, the alternative Valentine's show. That was, yeah, right. it, was it was Castles. Table for One, I think it was called. Yeah. Yes,
0: that was it, yeah. Castles yeah. opened, which still blows my mind considering how well those lads have done now. My band are on after yeah. Yeah. Um No offence to Joe and Scott in my band, but we weren't <laughs> as good as
1: Castles. Uh, he, also, he had... Um, repeat of last week. Repeat of I think, last week, very good band. Yeah. Um, who, who kind of a, lot of, a lot of them became Hoopla Blue, obviously
0: that's the thing about birmingham isn't it like yeah uh, i can't remember who i was talking to about it but you can name one person and then one of their friends and then they're in 97 other bands so we were talking <laughs> we were talking about pete uh pete from sunshine uh with um lexian junior and, and saying like yeah pete could be in like 19 different bands and then those bands will have 19 other bands all linked in together yeah. and stuff but there was that community around sort of mother's studio and then up and towards kings heath and stuff wasn't there that uh, for anyone who, who doesn't know, Mother's Studio is a, uh, is currently, I suppose, a live venue in um, in Digbeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good one with a lot of really nice rehearsal rooms and very nice people who work there as well. And they're have been very they very accommodating <laughs> to us over the years, haven't they, to be honest with you? They have, yeah. yeah. And I think for some reason there's an inquiry um, set list still up on the wall, framed above the bar. And still to this day, I don't know why, because I've ruined it <laughs> twice, but thank you to everybody at Mother's for that, because it just warmed my heart every time I go back and see it.
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah, so have you got any other shows? Sorry, I jumped one off on a tangent. Um, I was getting really, really emotional. Nothing
1: else concrete, but you know, I'm kind of um, just putting, still kind of waiting to see how everything pans out. Really. Well, we um, were discussing this before, weren't we? Whether or not we think. I mean,
0: I'm of the ilk that I'm kind of terrified everything opening up straight away because I think it might make everything worse. Don't mean to sound like a negative, Nelly, but it all signs point to you know stay at home again for a little while i'm not going to say the l word but um the other side to it is i'm really excited to go back to a gig or to you know buy tickets to a gig that's going to happen at some point when i think it's going to be safe safe to happen yeah. So um i'm going to really
1: what, miss table service though
0: <laughs> yeah i think every pub and bar should <laughs> only be table service from now on yeah you should be allowed to get up and go and have a chat to your mates on the table next to you but then when your pint comes you have to sit back down and enjoy yeah. it on your own like yeah sitting in the corner queuing
1: at the bar is the one thing i definitely oh. have not missed
0: i think like i am kind of lucky down here in cardiff because i've got a lot of friends who work in bars so i don't have to do a lot of queuing that's not a brag there it's just one of them you know <laughs> it might just be so they get rid of me quicker uh the bar maybe on the other <laughs> side, yeah um whatever you do don't hang your 20 pound note over the bar because no one will no one will serve you that way but yeah <laughs> um yeah shall we talk about some bands yeah um, I, I should have to say thank you for, for for joining me on this um i know it's a uh, uh, is this is episode 16 now, and uh, oh, I'm 16 episodes in. And I thought uh, you know people would stop listening after the first one because they'd be <laughs> sick of my drawl. But thanks to everyone who's listened. I also don't think I've said that enough. But yeah, Um Paula sent me an amazing list of bands. A lot of ones that we we sort of just mentioned a little bit there as well. Um, mm. That D Dastair have put on, or you've worked with, or you've played with, or a bit of all of the above, I guess, in that situation. But yeah, where where would you like to start, and we'll uh, we'll go from there.
1: Um, I think it probably makes sense to start with Head of David, um, which is a band I definitely haven't played because they're well, well <laughs> before my time of uh, playing live, but um, I just thought it's worth mentioning them as, as a band that I really wish I had seen um, and the wish was still around in one way or another. They were, for anybody who doesn't know, they were um, a kind of proto-industrial rock almost band, noise rock band um, in the late 80s. Um, at, and when i first heard them they were on a compilation um with loads of american bands um so i assumed they were american <laughs> for ages and ages i thought they were american but their sound just instantly captivated me especially especially this kind of distorted driving bass that they had going on uh and when i found out they were actually from birmingham it, it was like you know bit wow. closer to home, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay fair enough so anybody could do this um and the, you know the the people in that band you know, it was like Justin Broderick was on drums, obviously went on to do big things with Godflesh and stuff. Um, and was obviously Napalm Death before that and lots of other things. Um, but the reason I, I kind of mentioned them was because um, it all came back again. Um, when I was in Fo Chisels about oof, six years ago, maybe now, five, six years ago, and we were playing a gig at the Sunflower Lounge um, with a band called The Courtesy Group. Mm-hmm. Um who again are a brilliant band. If nobody's heard them, check them out. They're, they should be much bigger than they are. They're, they're basically Birmingham's fall, probably, I guess is a way nice. to describe them.
0: We're not allowed to talk about the fall
1: on this podcast. <laughs> we'll get to my oh, way into, into my head there. So. <laughs> um, but they were sound checking, and I, I heard this guy playing bass, and my mind instantly went back to like when I first heard um, Head of David in the late 80s. And I thought, I, I recognize that bass sound. I totally recognize that bass sound. And lo and behold, it, it was Dave Cochran, who was the bass player in Head of David and plays now in, in Courtesy Group and Brooks and Maria and uh, Terminal Cheesecake, loads of bands like that. And just that, that kind of connection, it, it kind of, Head of David were the first noise rock band, really, that I got into and that I heard. Uh, and they kind of lured me away from the world of heavy metal in, into something a bit more artistic, and a bit more, um, a bit less cheesy, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, so to be playing on the same stage as the guy who produced that instantly recognisable bass sound was was blew me away. And you know, he turned out to be a lovely guy, and and mm-hmm. we're, you know, mm-hmm. we're friends, and we see each other in Birmingham playing gigs. And it, you know, it's it's a very strange world. Is the world of music? That's I was going to say, the
0: the people that you you bump into in these situations are like. It sometimes it does blow your mind from time to time especially like when we were discussing earlier we're going to the negative side of us talking about agents but like the bands that you can sit and make relationships with from day one that mm-hmm. then go on to do huge huge things and there's this nine times out of ten, 10 still remember you they still have a chat with you they're still like brings up i think i was chatting with jamie from tiger cub a couple of weeks back and then realizing like they're like big stuff now yeah, yeah like and you go what, what who am i like just like i'm <laughs> just just some dude that happened to play, put a show on once or whatever, and now i'm i'm playing with like my heroes or hanging out and having a chat with them and stuff but i think um they say never meet your heroes i, I completely disagree with that <laughs> statement entirely or make make people your heroes i think is a
1: yeah be yeah a, a nicer thing to have lovely heroes i think have, key.
0: have lovely heroes there you go <laughs> let's get that on a t shirt that'd be fantastic yeah. but yeah what was what was it like sort of did you discover Head of David when you were in university or was it before then? It was, when was the sort of the vibe?
1: Yeah, it was before. It was um, like college time. Um I was like probably 16, 17, I think.
0: Um, were you into like your proper heavy metal then? We're talking Iron Maiden um, or are we... Uh... Yeah,
1: I was into my my, my um, thrash and my death, death metal and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also, I mean, I was also into like wedding present and, and you know, random stuff like that. <laughs> and bands that, you know, I would see a lot... I grew up in Wakefield in West Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. Um so they were wedding present were kind of a local band and bands like Kud played a lot and used to hang around in the, the college and stuff. Um but it was predominantly heavy metal that I was into at that time. So, uh, so you don't Head get a record David. collection
0: like that without liking <laughs> quite a lot of genres of music. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it was it's I got this compilation basically and from Jumbo Records in Leeds. Um called nothing short of total war i think it was called it was a blast first compilation yeah and and i bought it because it had dinosaur junior on it and nice. sonic youth which were bands that i was getting into mm-hmm. um and it had these head of david tracks kind of stuck on it it's uh, <laughs> the cd actually it was they, they'd kind of done it so that it was one big track so you couldn't skip tracks or anything you couldn't oh, nice. rip off individual
0: tracks <laughs> so you could up- upload it onto your computer or you player. exactly
1: or... yeah well yeah i mean <laughs> Couldn't really do that in those days. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: sorry. You can be in the. There's waiting for the uh, <laughs> Wait for the radio DJ to stop so you can record. It yeah, yeah. Oh, we've got yeah. Doctor Fox on it again. You, need to, d- delete it. <laughs> you had to listen to the whole thing in one go, and on it. it was, you know, quite that's, an ordeal. Um, that's a fantastic way, though, to um, to market something because you know you get all this compilation. I mean, I can't remember the last time I listened to a. a I, I suppose a Spotify playlist kind of counts as a compilation hmm. album, but um, like now, that's why I call music and things like that. I think they'd probably. Get people a lot more people into a lot more music. If it was like that, it's like here you have to consume this in one go. You yeah. got no second chances. you just <laughs> got to take in the, all six CDs one after the other in the interchanger. I think they'd get a lot more like people really trying to absorb it because I think you you go, oh, what song is next? I'll never know unless I
1: keep <laughs> listening to it. It's like an artistic experience, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because and um, there's like big black songs on there as well, and mm-hmm. and you know quite, quite a bit of Steve Albini stuff. Nice. Um, so it, that was, that's one CD is probably to blame for a lot of my future musical nice. choices. Is it you saw, do you still have the CD somewhere? I do. And I've got a copy on vinyl as well now. I think.
0: Nice. I was going to yeah. say, it's, it wouldn't surprise me actually. Okay. I wish everyone listening could see this. I'll ask you to send me a picture if that's okay. Cause it's, I've got so, like, I'm so jealous. I can't even see
1: what's in there and I just want them all. I, sh- like, I should. I have to say that um, a, a portion of it is Heather's. It oh, is so yeah, Heather's got a good taste collection. of music as well though, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah, she is. Yeah.
0: She was the driving bass force in for Shizzles the first time um we we played together, we we put you on as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. She was the bassist for a long time. It was just the two of us to begin with through the drum machine yeah
0: if she uh she's still involved she's still helping you Did you, still, you go have a listen to this and she goes oh i could do with a better riff but like
1: uh yeah she uh, she just criticizes the bass play most <laughs> i mean fair just enough kidding, you know Mike. she's I'm just she's kidding
0: og like she's the og bass player she's <laughs> she's allowed to that she wrote a lot all those early bass lines so yeah she's like yeah. it's good but it's not me <laughs> like, she's your kim deal but she i is, think yeah. probably more yeah. talented than kim deal but yeah <laughs> but yeah um sort of I, I kind of want to move on from head of David but also because yep. I feel like this is a big deep hole we can go into with the amount of bands that these guys are involved oh, yeah. in and how heavy it gets. It's not even like that new wave of new wave of British heavy metal that everyone keeps seems to to like lump a lot of bands into with it they, they are like the the noise side to it which a lot of noise bands have come up on this podcast you know from mm-hmm. from numerous people but um these guys are like predate that any of those bands people have bought up by quite a long time. Like, mm. what do you reckon, what do you reckon that sort of started that with them then? Because the UK is not really known or it wasn't then for like art, rock, noise, rock bands like that. You might have had a few coming from like New York and, and places like that. Yeah. But um, it's kind of strange yes, to I see think, like some of the OGs coming from... I, keep saying I, think, they, I think Head of David started yeah. in about
1: 86. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they were all done done and dusted by 91 probably. Yeah. Um, I I honestly don't know. I mean, I think it is Birmingham's strange, isn't it, when it comes to heavy music? Hmm. It it is a crucible, I think. Yeah. Um there's something yeah, the, it's the black hole. The black hole where all this yeah. the noise gets sucked into. The number of the, the amount of heavy music that has originated from Birmingham, I mean I mean properly originated as in nobody's done it before kind of thing. Yeah. Or or performers from Birmingham that have gone somewhere else. To do some, but yeah. It's I suppose two. it all
0: stems with, with uh, people are going to correct me here or tell me I'm wrong completely, but obviously, it sort of starts with pointing fingers at Black Sabbath and that you know, not even like trying to be different. If you know what I mean, I know mm. I watched if if you like obviously being from Birmingham, you have to like Black Sabbath, and if you don't, you get exiled and um, thrown somewhere towards Shropshire or wherever <laughs> they want to put those people. But like watched a few documentaries about it because used to grow up around the corner from where Ozzy used to live. So, you know, my dad's always driving me past going, that was Ozzy's house. I'm like, you told me that yesterday. It's fine. <laughs> um, but being like, they almost didn't try talking about black Sabbath. I mean, it, it yeah. almost didn't try to like be different. It was almost yeah. like, that's just, just how they were as people. I know there was a lot of, uh, I think the phrase we've used this time is enhancements or, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, supplements, I think was uh, what Tom
1: called them, but, um, I- I think a lot of the things that influenced Black Sabbath and and got them going, you know, the factories and the grimy environment stuff, I don't I think a lot of that was obviously still around in in the 80s. Yeah. And you know in the black country as well and so you've got the birth of grindcore and everything all all that stuff happening at the same time as well. It it, it just seems like the natural place that industrial music of that I was kind say it's of quite come literally from. industrial music isn't it like made in a warehouse if, in London. If you, if you take Birmingham and New York you've probably got pretty much all of the influential bands there, all, all, all the fundamentals. I think I you know, should put,
0: put that on the map. I like that. <laughs>
1: yes. Birmingham pinned with New York on the noise rock level. There we go. Yeah, I like it's, that. It's, I, I honestly, it's weird because I've, on, I've only got really to know Birmingham in the last like 15 years probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that big a place. You know, it's quite compact isn't it when, it's, you think it's about
0: pocketed it. a lot um, like I mean I, I grew up in, in Erdington and mm. spent most of my time going across the the city centre to go to sort of Harbourn and Bearwood which were I mean Bearwood had bands like The Twang and you know if you go up into, to Mosley bands like Ocean Colour Scene and, and things like that which not really my cup of tea but when you go to those places you can see how they're almost like it's one way the bands have influenced the area and then the area has influenced yeah. the bands in one way or another um, venues like the jug of ale which no longer open which hasn't been there for a very even before i started putting shows on i'm not mm-hmm. that old that's making sound like i'm really old when i did that shout out to like arthur tap for things like that back in yeah. the day um
1: but yeah and i think you're right like
0: you go to that's Dick a Worth, good point
1: though it's not it's not just heavy music i suppose birmingham's known for you know yeah. it's got a very deep reggae background and lots of other styles of music as well well yeah i mean like bands of like broadcast and things like that as well yeah
0: right? And and Kyoko were doing really good now as mm. well. Um, I can't remember what they used to be called. Something Rosy, probably going to be corrected there or cut that. bit out. I'll decide later on. Um, <laughs> Tempting Rosy, I think they were called. Yeah, and it was like that. You you right, that sort of reggae ska influence, as like Sponge and the beat. Um, mm. I guess influence again. It's it's sort of a, a give and take, isn't it? You influence where you're from by being you know a stand up person in in the music industry. Going, this is where I'm from this is why I write this music and then the other way around it works with you. But yeah, Digbeth, Digbeth for us, I think, I mean, I, I have a denim jacket down here in Cardiff with the word Digbeth on it because Digbeth will always (laughs) be a part of me. Um, But yeah, you're right. It's kind of like pocketed. So it makes it feel small, but when you're there, there's so many people involved in all of those scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Digbeth is an amazing place. I can just keep shouting out that because it's, you know, (laughs) it doesn't really get any more like, Musical for me, at least. I remember seeing Jamie at the the Irish Centre when I was about yeah fourteen or fifteen, maybe. Um, and like, yeah, going going to Mother's for the first time, not having a clue where it was, and just knowing it was this black door on a street next to an like I think it's next to like a it's next to an abattoir or something like that. And it, it's like okay. quite a
1: it's not somewhere you just wander down. Let's be no, honest, but no.
0: when you're there, the community of people is absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And um, things
1: like, I mean, things like Supersonic as well in that. I mean, yeah. that is an incredible festival. Yeah. You know, they, like they could put hall, that on here as year well. Year. Yeah. Like, cause that's,
0: that's obscure. Like that's really obscure that. Um, and I mean that in a really good way. Like
1: it's people come often. from all over the world for that. It's, it's yeah. you know, the people have that obscure taste that that is the place that they want to be for two, three days, you know?
0: That's the first time, like I, I've not been, I, I've always seemed to have been away or we putting shows on around the same time as Supersonic mm. But I remember they announced that Swans were playing and I'd never really, I'd never listened to Swans before. I had a couple of friends who were big fans of them and I sort of like, not say pass me by because they're still doing, you know, five hour records and all this sort of you know, excuse <laughs> to not listen to it. But I remember seeing that going, I should probably get interested in this or I should at least like give it the time of day and be like, wow, supersonic is like everything that I'd want to put on as a promoter by, you know, having all these acts that you don't think many people are going to want to come see them individually you put them all in one place and you get this amazing group of people. You know, it's that, that a couple of thousand people, I guess, over it's, the it's, weekend. It's, like, it's an know. amazing turnout. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dream, isn't it? We'll have to do our own supersonic
1: festival. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Talking about sort of the noise, if you don't mind me picking the next band, if that's okay, go for with you, but talk about the noise, noise rock boys. Um, we've got to talk about them wolves. Um, oh, bless them. Yeah. These, these are one of these bands that um, they made me feel really, really welcome. Mm. And uh, it's not, it's not very often like, you know, when you hear something really abrasive and shouty and angry and you go, they sound like really nice people. <laughs> like <laughs> And we all seem to have that about them. And I don't know whether it was Greg's vocal style or just watching Stuart rock back and forward on stage with his guitar dressed as Wes Borland or, you know, like, all these things that blend together. Noel with the biggest smile on his face at all times. Mm. Um, for anyone who doesn't know them, Wolves get on and listen to them. Um, they're a big part of my getting into, thankfully, the scene with, with Mothers and King's Heath and um, goes far to
1: say probably the, the same for you. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, Stuart was one of the people that kind of um, convinced me to start my own band again, basically. Um, so I owe it all to him and Graham directly. Um, nice. They were the ones that said, you know, you can do this, you should do it. So I did.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Stuart has always been, uh, this is a huge shout out to Stuart right here because Stuart has always been one of the most supportive people that, um, even before I knew him, he would be sending me Facebook messages being like, I like your band or I'm doing this, come and check this out and I'll buy you a pint and we'll hang out in the and Hounds and whatever. Um, and it's just all round the nicest guy. Um in weird in the best possible way. I think it wasn't <laughs> for Stuart actually. I, I remember one of the biggest shows I ever put on at the time was we did Blacklisters with them Wolves mm-hmm. um supporting. And Stuart apparently known Billy from Blacklisters for a, a long time. So I had no idea. So when that happened, he was like, this is perfect now. Like I, I'm having a great time. Like I'm so glad <laughs> I could facilitate like this almost like a weird family reunion for the two of them there. But
1: yeah um, yeah.
0: yeah what's your relationship with them then sorry i have going off on one now because i love those um, thoughts, but yeah we're, yeah we're so it,
1: it was sim- similar to you actually but we, we started chatting um on facebook um and Ajoys the joys of technology yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think i shot one of their gigs and uh, did some photos and we started talking about ideas for videos um and that's how that that wolf song video basically came about we booked that in we got all you guys down to the fuck up to get soaked in (laughs) November. Uh, We did that. And um, yeah, uh, just, just been good friends ever since really. I mean, when I saw them wolves for the the first time, I was absolutely blown away. It was like, I had never experienced anything like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of bands (laughs) in my time. Um, A lot of, you know, kind of earth changing bands probably, I suppose, but yeah. The intimacy of that, of their gigs, it was incredible. The two of them facing each other on stage, yelling at each other, and just the overwhelming yeah, it was like it was like an embrace. The sound, even though it was so harsh, it was like a massive embrace. And as you said, to see Noel is probably the, the happiest drummer I've ever seen in, <laughs> in, in, in an angry band because he just enjoys playing so much. Mm. Um, and you know, the fact they're not playing <laughs> it is quite sad no i think i've got
0: um Germain for duke somewhere on cd over there and i remember it was like another one of those moments where you go to the end of a gig and you go to Stuart or greg and go oh, that's a really good show and he's like here have some cds no one's buying them and you're like cool thanks man like <laughs> you just keep hold of them for for times where people go oh have you heard any bands i'm like yes all of these ones here because they're my friends and they're absolutely amazing yeah um i remember specifically a show i'm not sure if you were there but it was um then wolves, I think they headlined uh, a big room at Hare and Hounds. Um, I can't remember what the night was because I very rarely got to go to King's Heath, be, living on the other side of the city. Yeah, and uh, I just remember Greg drinking like two or three flagons of cider while he was on stage.
1: Um, <laughs> Old Rosie. Yeah.
0: yeah, and being like, I don't know how he's standing, but it just made like. <laughs> not saying d- if you don't drink, don't drink. It's a very bad. It's very bad for you. But he was just the <laughs> jolliest dude. Like afterwards and it's like i've had the best time and i've just shouted at a room full of 200 people for 35 yeah. minutes it's, it's and that a, a lovely it, guy
1: yeah.
0: gone on to do a lot of really big things though for
1: a sound engineer he's a lovely guy yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he likes to talk to you i think is the thing i've noticed other than have been a sound engineer but yeah yeah I think he's done sound for miles kane um i think was, a lot was last
1: road road sound guy for ages yeah
0: yeah well, that's
1: I suppose yeah. It's all these like people who are in noise
0: bands are always in in with the Pop Boys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember one story he told me when he, he had to go t- to the Brits with Bastille to do their sound at the, the Brits of or To see Greg at the Brits. Yeah, quite. <laughs> <laughs> Turning up in a tight black T-shirt,
0: tight black jeans and a desert boot. <laughs> That's the look. And yeah. a baseball cap.
1: Yeah, we miss seeing him around Birmingham now. He's moved to Brighton. so it's a...
0: I, I saw him, I was lucky enough to uh, work for Soon Festival um, here in Cardiff this is i did 2018 and 2019 so pre-pandemic and um i was doing fuel which if anyone's very aware of fuel is a it's a heavy metal venue it's fucking class like it's everything you want it's pictures of of Ozzy osborne there's pictures of napalm death it's pictures of, <laughs> of like every black metal band in the world or down there and uh, i had some amazing like indie pop and, and grunge and all sorts of bands going on in there and uh this this van pulled up and it's a van called dry cleaning who i think they're doing quite well right now as far as i'm concerned um and yeah i looked at their driver and i was like i know you and it was greg and (laughs) and it was like it wasn't even there for sound he was just driving them around and look at my friend josh sinclair is 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 doing sound for them at the moment but it was like he didn't expect to see me and i didn't expect to see him we stood opposite sides of of one street just looking at each other going what's going on (laughs) where have you been my for Six years basically. But yeah, what a lovely guy. Amazing. Yeah. He
1: does crop up in the weirdest places. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I saw him I was lucky enough to go see Queens of the Stone Age um in Finsbury Park when Miles Kane supported them and he was doing sound there. And I stood underneath him when he was doing the uh doing the sound because it was in the big big <laughs> tower. And I sort of like, Oh Greg, like probably didn't see me through all the screaming girls at Miles Kane, but you know, probably <laughs> gonna do. But yeah, that that Birmingham scene we we go on. Uh, about like mothers i know we'll, yeah. we'll talk a bit more properly about mothers but that 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 scene there's stemmed so many good bands or or has housed so many good bands over the years with bands like blackfish you guys were there the ghost dead airplanes had a room upstairs didn't they mm-hmm. um but yeah what what was it like sort of do you remember the first time you went you went there and and experienced maybe then we'll show because there was a, uh, a john the first gig, time i went no.
1: well the first uh, the first time i went there was when i played there um and D Dustair put us on. I think it was the f- it was the first show that they'd put on that wasn't in the Lamp Tavern, which the first two shows they did was in there. That's that's yeah. a tiny little venue. Mm-hmm. So this was like a step up for them almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was us and Desperate Journalist. Um, and I think James Brown was doing mutes when he was a solo oh, a artist. Oh, Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he started, and then we were on um, Desperate Journalist. And I think oh yeah, Star is headlined. Oh yeah. Yeah, Is that, um Geordie's band. Yeah, 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 and the Birmingham Classic band. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first experience, and it was such a great place to play. I, I was amazed. Um, it was, you know, a lovely stage, lovely sound, uh, lovely people, lovely um, bar. Yeah, lovely bar, um, and the
0: best DJ booth in the world, I think, upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. If you could hide up there, if you get Mike Conroy out of
1: there, you, could, you <laughs> but, could go and DJ up there. I, I love it, it was when the first time a band plays there, and Dave's talking to them to tell them to to um you know adjust the snare or whatever and they're looking around saying where's it's that like the voice coming spoken from?
0: to by god isn't it it's so bizarre because <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: if you don't know it's up there you could just hide behind there with his talk
0: background. <laughs> come on guys turn it down <laughs> like it's so good but That's it. yeah i've been there for a while i loved i was trying to go back um if i'm ever back in in the city yeah
1: i've just i was just looking up at a poster on my wall actually and um the third the first the next time after that, when I really got to experience Mothers and I explored the whole building, um, was when we put the d Christmas special on with the first Christmas. And that was them wolves, uh, Youth Man. Yeah. And um, frauds and John. John, yeah, I think John, on, I always said that on one. John opened. <laughs>
0: oh, bloody hell. They've done, they've done it right now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I saw them supporting idols in Hamburg when they did that tour with them. And being oh, like, yeah. I think... I've got to, I've got to thank John, both Johns here for this, but yeah, they just got really cheeky. Obviously you had one of ad people on Facebook and you're at gigs and you all the time. And I think I was in Amsterdam and I was on the way to this gig. And I just messaged him out the blue and it's he like, oh, Hey man, how are you doing? Uh, yeah. We're coming to the idol show in Hamburg. Have you got any guests? This, my friend hasn't got a ticket and he sorted it out. So nice if you're listening i owe you a lot because <laughs> even the the guy on the door was like how on earth have you got guest this because nobody has guest listed to this show <laughs> it's not what you know it's exactly it's who you know <laughs> it's no it's no how to talk to who you know i think yeah yeah, yeah thank you very much john um but yeah what a show that was though i think like anyone who is anyone in in that sort of community like we were saying was there f- for that um i think that's one of the first first like proper shows i was it's hard to go out to shows sometimes when mm. you've got like work and stuff on But it's one of the first shows I remember going, especially by by you guys, especially at Mothers, where it was like everybody had taken the time to go to this show. Like mm. I think Jack from Alkapop was there. Um, Tom from yeah. Paul Papa Horses was there. Um, as well as like, you know, I suppose all the guys in Sunshine would have been there at one point or another, you know, Lexi and Junior would have been there. Um, I think that would have been the first night that I probably felt like this is a real big scene now. Like it's,
1: <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like a big, weird family. It was nice. It was that, yeah, I, I, that was the first time I had that feeling as well. I think um, mm-hmm. seeing the people there and, and knowing that it was knowing that it's, it's you, it's you, you and your bang of gang of bang gang of merry minstrels that has brought those people together. It's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, it's nice to be the host, isn't it? Sometimes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is actually, you stand on the door and yeah. you can just, you know, nod at everyone when they come through and you're like, this is great. Like we have some good friends, don't we? <laughs> Talking about another band that's on this list, if you don't mind, you give me a really nice little intersection to hear. Um, Youth Man, yeah. So you said, played that that Christmas show. Um, but yeah, let's let's go into that because Youth Man were, were well really influential in that, in that scene as well
1: for pushing. An incredible band, incredible yeah. uh, performers. Just individually, just so talented, and together, just like a, a maelstrom. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if they've completely broken up now. I think they're kind of on hiatus while um, uh, Kayla does her Blue Roof solo stuff and, yeah. and things. But but Kayla as a front person is absolutely astounding, I, yeah. I think. You speak to her one-to-one and, and she's like so unassuming and, and, you know, down to earth. Um, but as soon as she gets on that stage, it's, it's like, you know, rah, it's, it's incredible. And, you know... One of the, she's probably you know the greatest guitarist I've seen in a noise rock band I think mm-hmm. you know she's so capable um, and and to to perform the way she does and play the way she does um, is is amazing um, you know and one of the greatest drummers as well with a, in a band I think um, uh, yeah like that just a brilliant band <laughs> and again the band that should be should have been bigger than than they, than they yeah, ultimately I, were I think there were. A- I don't want to say like
0: we, we were in our kind of like bubble with all of that, but there are so many bands in that scene where you sit there and you do go, how on earth are you not like, you know, radio on a list? Because I mean, they, they take stuff like that now, even if it might mm-hmm. be noise punk, it's got, it's got so much more than the cliche that people attach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, in that style of music, you know, three piece guitar, bass, drums, shouty vocals. There's a lot more to it than people, you know, are willing to unpack yeah. Um. And sure. I think, like, yeah, bands like Youthman were doing that in Birmingham for for a long time as well. That was that was almost like the annoying thing. And you go, why is nobody picking this up?
1: Yeah. Like, where
0: where where's all the record exit's like, like,
1: I would just maybe the, the city is just ahead of the curve. You know. That's <laughs>
0: true. Yeah. So there'll be another one coming from Bristol or somewhere like that later on, and we'll yeah. sit there and go, where
1: were you six years ago? Like. And again, I think it's going back to the you're welcome that when we put them on on the the second one, I think they were one of the four. We had four Brummy. We always we had, we had two stages, two nights. So there's four headliners. And that was the one year we had four local headliners. You know, it was them wolves, courtesy group, uh, youth man, and table scraps. And, and you know, the fact that you could put those four on and they're all local is incredible. Yeah. But imagine that just performance, that
0: show, like in yeah. one night. You play, Ublies, you really need a break halfway through, like <laughs> in a nice little 20 minute interval.
1: <laughs> I kind of I, I saw them loading in and I, I wondered why Marcus had brought this kind of cheap ass old drum kit. And I didn't ask him about it um and the whole show kicked off and at the end of the set he just basically there just was matchsticks it, left of his drum kit he just destroyed it, it. And, and i missed yeah. most of it with, you know because i was off doing other stuff but oh, uh, paperwork was, uh, that 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 performance is is probably my highlight of your welcomes i think nice
0: yeah i mean like i said there there so many bands there but youth man were always one like we we tried booking youth man but it was like well miles was wherever miles was i guess i guess doing doing miles things um another obviously no miles from working at mothers as well so it's that that community of people um i actually can't say speak highly of it. i i'm almost getting a bit teary because i miss all of those guys from <laughs> from from not being up there and I remember like when we did the uh, the last little cavalier festival we you know borrowed drum kits and, and stuff from them and and they were like you know super super sound and, and happy to see us doing stuff again as well as we were happy to go there and you know, use their equipment because we knew that they'd done us loads and, and stuff. I actually, yeah. genuinely am getting a little bit emotional now. But yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I just want to go back to Birmingham. But we've got talking about venues. We have some good news, which is nice for us to bring up. That the Flapper yeah. is reopening, which uh, I think was the first time. The yeah, first time we put for shizzles on was it the Flapper? We did. Um, I
1: think it was. Yeah, that was probably our first. The first time I played the Flapper. Yeah, I don't remember that. which show that was yeah I did
0: so many so many flapper shows you like, that was that was your babe your baby place that was that was oh, man. <laughs> like yeah. if they'd let me i was waiting for Sammy to say do you want to rent the the room upstairs and i would have just been a hand off straight away because i would have just lived in that place i'd have managed it <laughs> if i could um but yes yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that yeah, it's back yeah this is i'm hoping they think it's opening back up on the 21st of july um and i'm i'm hoping to be able to pop to down and drive, like I said, going up to Leeds that weekend. If anyone's listening to next weekend, this weekend is the 17th. I think tomorrow, if we listen to this now, wait <laughs> next week, I don't even know anymore, but 21st of July, if you can get yourself to the flapper. Um, I mean, if it's still standing after that first night, I'll be surprised. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's come at the right time and everything after, after it's, all the sort of negative oh, things we've had with venues. For
1: sure. We've been losing venues left, right and center in, in Birmingham and well around the country, but especially in Birmingham. So it's, it's to have one actually reopening is, is amazing.
0: Which I, I've i tried, like anyone who listens now know, I really try and champion music venues and, and how much you as a listener mean to those music venues, whether you're buying a ticket or having a club night and drinking too many cans of lager there or whatever but by every single thing that you do there you're supporting them Mm. and uh yeah this is a thank you from me for everyone who goes out to music venues but also a shout out to everyone to go keep going don't stop please be be safe (laughs) though i think um so i just want to flag that the 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 people in goddamn today put a tweet out saying they're going on tour but they want everyone to be safe at every venue that they go to and I'm like, that's one thing that everyone has to have. And I'm not talking from moshing or, you know, stage diving and that sort of stuff. That goes that saying, but courtesy mm. courteous of everybody. Remember that not everyone is feeling necessarily as safe as they were two mm. years ago. And just take that into consideration. But now we're having our venues open again. The venues have done everything they can to keep you safe. Um, and yeah. so do them a favor by repaying that if you can. But Yeah. For
1: sure. But yeah. Yeah. Um, who else we got then? Who else we got? Um, I think yeah, so so one of the bands that I, I really got to know while I was doing D um, and I, I always because I'm from kind of Leeds, Wakefield way, mm-hmm. I always like to bring bands down from from yeah. Leeds and Wakefield just to, like you like to bring Brummy bands to, to Wales. Um and I saw post war glamour girls um like when they were just pretty much started um at a gig at the Brudinal, um supporting uh, I think Menace Beach were also playing that night as well. for One of their first gigs. Um, Fantastic band, Menace Beach. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I was already—I'd already listened to the Postal Glamour Girls and their first couple of singles um, had really won me over. And um, they did—they did, they did a, a song called uh, called Harry Dean about Harry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. He's like my favorite actor, so that, that kind of won me over. <laughs> nice. You're like I love um, these guys already. Have you even heard? Yeah, about yeah. Them. yeah. <laughs> so I—I—I I, I was determined to bring them down to Birmingham. They'd never played Birmingham, um, and. We brought them down, they played Sunflower Lounge the first time. Um, and subsequently from that, ha- hardly anybody came to that first gig, <laughs> as, as it happens when this you are the out of town, yeah. band into town for the first time. <laughs> it's, it's never going to, you know, cover its costs, but that's fine. Um,
0: Don't do it for that, do you? you do it for the no, £10 exactly, for the taxi yeah. ride home. <laughs> uh,
1: and then we brought them back every like six months, put them on and you're welcome, and slowly the audience built. Yeah. And, and they've got a really good following in Birmingham after that. Um, and they were they were just are such a good band so They did three albums I think in the end and live they were just amazing very charismatic frontman um, in James who who is now finally found some proper success in Yard Act um, and with uh, with the guy from Menace Beach actually funnily enough.
0: Um, which one well, I think I, there's like 25 of them in Menace Beach from Ryan <laughs> I think it's it?
1: The, the front guy he's playing <laughs> yeah. bass in Yard Act I think or he has been I think um but yeah, so they they were one they were my favourite band for a lot of the years we were doing D After um post war glamour girls and um I would again, I, I don't know why they didn't get massive because they had everything really. Um but yeah, another band I'm quite sad that is not around anymore.
0: And just say it's really, really commendable that like putting on a band that, that you like for the sake of the fact that you like them. A lot of people don't get that promoters do that all the time. And yeah, you said like, you know, 20 people might have turned up to it. If the band then wants to come back, you've done an absolutely fantastic job in making them feel wanted in every sense of, of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those 20 people then will tell, you to take what, tell one of
1: their friends.
0: And then bring them to the next. I think
1: trip. it's because I bought them. cheese. Um, I bought them fish finger sandwiches at Cherry Reds. The first oh, time. okay. I mean, yeah. To be fair, <laughs> that would bring anybody else back.
0: To be honest with you, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that, that whole like mentality behind it, which is this thing we mentioned before. I think before we started recording, which was not a lot of people get that behind the scenes what it takes to do something like that because they could have cost you a lot of money. You know, they could have warranted mm-hmm. you know said, "Oh, we want a four hundred pound fee because we're driving from here." You just go okay because I can see in six months, 12 months, you know, two years that you guys will be headlining one of these little festivals that we're doing and selling plenty of records and things. And it, it, it takes a good ear and a good eye and a good person to, to spot those things. Mm. Um, It's not easy. It's absolutely not easy. I, I, I've, I'm fans of, of bands that I think said should be the best band in the world and the biggest band in the world and, and played to someone and they just don't like them and I go, I don't know why.
1: Like, <laughs> but it really but does. I'm, not, I'm right. You're wrong. They're the best band like, in the yeah, world. Listen to me.
0: I know what I'm doing. I'm the promoter <laughs> yeah, here. Like, yeah. You have
1: to be a I'm bit the cocky. One that's,
0: yeah, I'm the one who can't pay my mortgage this month because I've put this show on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, uh, there are a uh, lot sort of going off on a bit of a tangent are there other bands that are like that where you've gone right we need to get these guys down here because I want them to be liked down here want people to understand like where what you see in them or what you know I suppose you guys
1: all of you see in these bands um yeah yeah quite a lot I mean that, that is that's my my dri- our driving force for, for getting bands in we're, we're mm-hmm. constantly like clicking on YouTube links and, and trying to find you know the latest greatest best thing um yeah. But there's bands from um, chester who I really want to get back again we've put on once so far called uh, yamara who, who are absolutely amazing um, I, I want to get them back again cuz I'm, I'm sure they're going to be huge at some point mm. um I was chatting with the guy from benefits as well on uh, on, on line kingsley who um, I really want to get them give them a show in birmingham at some point but yeah they're kind of building their audience away from live performances at the minute mm. um but it's yeah there's there's so much good stuff out there man it's 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 you go down so many YouTube rabbit holes or, or band camp rabbit holes, you know, mm. and you just start discovering bands that don't exist anymore.
0: And that's no. the
1: problem, isn't it? If we could get people to go out to gigs every night, we could put gigs on every night, but yeah. we have to be quite sparing, don't we? If, yeah. Yeah, even in the non pandemic times. I've yeah, tried booking them um, concentrate like, on weekends.
0: I think I've got four, four gigs booked in September, maybe five and a couple in October. Just because the people have asked and I've gone, yeah, I'll book it in. Yeah. And I sat there the other day and looked at the list and I was like, fuck, that's Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, (laughs) when am I going to sleep? Yeah, I was like, I wouldn't go to those shows. (laughs) Like, and I'm putting them on. I've got to end up working them. Like, I'm, again, super excited about it. Yeah. But and I, I, do think people will, will, will come out to them and stuff and see, see these bands that we want. We want these bands to not have to play 80 cap rooms. Yeah. We want these bands to play 800 cap rooms or support their. Um, their heroes um, thanks to us you know mm. we do it for a bit of that don't we do for a little bit of that say oh we helped that happen
1: like it's, it's nice isn't it it's a feather yeah. in the cup yeah it doesn't, doesn't as you say it doesn't pay the mortgage but it's yeah.
0: uh, <laughs> it does sometimes I guess you just, need it's to just put nice it in to be nice so. it's nice <laughs> to be nice yeah <laughs> uh, one of the bands that, like, that you did mention earlier on but another band that sort of I saw the first time at a dare show and I'm a really big fan of now is Frauds Mm. Um, and they're, they're still going they're, don't worry they're not on this list um, but yeah, no, it's, it's,
1: yeah it's, it was a joy to, to see them get signed to Alco Pop and to, mm. to see you know them slowly getting bigger and bigger because
0: they do it's... their own festival as well don't they they're still on your idea
1: basically uh, at the, uh, the windmill in windmill, Richter, yeah, I the think yeah. Festival I think it's called yeah Sunburn yeah. that's right yeah mm. um, yeah and they did a lot of re- reciprocating I think uh, mm. with our lineups and, and their lineups well,
0: I so, we you have it on two separate weekends in London and Birmingham, that's just like going on holiday. You can yeah. have a nice long Exa- weekend. Exactly, yeah, yeah. We can have to have a nice long weekend in Birmingham. So. That's right. Yeah. We should do that, guys. More
1: often, then. We released um, one of their songs on the, in the Didas Singles Club as well. We did the uh, uh, kind of split singles. So, that was nice.
0: Oh, actually, while I while I remember it, it pops to my head. You did the um, Without Venues With Nothing. It means, it means me talking about we need to save <laughs> venues. And it's literally like one of the biggest things I've ever seen throughout last year is because, did you do three compilations it? was it? three yeah. double
1: CD compilations, yeah. yeah. Um, about 99 tracks, I think, in the end.
0: Um, see, that's that's incredible. Is it still, people can still buy it and download it in there, can't they, I guess? They can, yeah. We've still got yeah. a
1: few copies of Volumes 2 and 3, physical, and you can buy it on download as well from Bandcamp. Um, but, yeah, we got a lot of really good bands involved in that, and that was that was great to, to, to see, really, just to help out. It was, it was specific specific venues and people that rely on them in birmingham basically mm. the one the venues we use and things mm. so we were able to you know give the money direct to people uh, that really needed it and, mm. and that helped a lot last year i think
0: i was saying because it was i remember seeing you guys doing it going well like there were a lot of compilation things going around and, or not just compilations, but people releasing like fundraising shirts and, and things like that but mm. knowing knowing where that money was going from and the support that you were putting in was going to made it even more like I felt really proud of you guys doing it as well considering it's not it was not an easy thing to do I am actually no saying that I bet it was an easy thing to do because bet the <laughs> amount of bands that you've you've gotten you know on the list just in your in your phone book is mm. like buddy, 90s in your emails in your email contacts you could started,
1: just start getting more difficult by the end of the, the time we were putting the third one together so, so when yeah. you're getting close to a 100
0: tracks I can imagine but like yeah. I bet it but it wasn't but it wasn't a hard idea to come up with either because it, it's almost like it's almost really obvious in a, in a good way that you've you've relied on venues and venues rely on you mm-hmm. and the venues still need you in one way or another and there's something you can do which is utilizing all the contacts you've made over the you know five six seven well eight eight years now i think did there have been a been a thing probably pretty much yeah, yeah yeah um yeah and and like utilizing now i think it's a real 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 good thing so if anyone i'll, I'll put the link in the I'll put the link in the comments It can me back to the YouTube, but I'll make sure I put it in the in, in the bio for this and, and share it around on social media because it really does go to a good cause. And this goes back to me saying, please do what you can to save your venues. I know I sound like a fucking robot every single week, <laughs> but genuinely they need you now more than ever. Um, so get out there and be safe. But yeah. And cracking tunes on there as well. Indeed, yeah. I think my <laughs> band, my band, might be on there. I think somewhere on one of those volumes. But the only mastered copy of that I have, and it's on a computer that doesn't work anymore. Wow. So I think you might have to, you might have the only other copy of it now. So <laughs> please don't lose it. Um, yeah, uh,
1: let's move on from post-war. Yeah. Um, let's say, uh, another, you, band, oh, another band that post-war. Um, yeah. Another band that I was sure were going to be absolutely huge, and the uh, one of the greatest bands I saw live as well was Rat the Magnificent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we first encountered them possibly through one of the frauds shows in, in London yeah. um, or Stuart, probably Stuart actually. I think Stuart, Len Wolves, probably played a gig with Rap the Magnificent in London or something like that. And Stuart said, You've got to check this band out. And, you know, it's something he does quite often. <laughs> uh, and,. and uh, it's, it's hard quite hard i mean you've had a list you've listened to them you yeah know, like you rudely like, I mean,
0: interrupted me listening to them
1: by joining this chat sorry sorry <laughs> mate um uh, the way the way i i kind of describe them to people is, is they're almost like a kind of radio head noise rock band mm-hmm. um like imagine a noise rock band but with a, a singer that can actually really sing rather than scream <laughs> yeah you know? um and they did one album and toured for a bit and then split up and the album was produced by Steve Albini <laughs> it's like it's like, Who? yeah it is like <laughs> the ultimate kind of condensed career this band had like within I don't know how long they were together two three years or something um, I mean the individual members are all in other bands uh, doing a lot of other things um, but they all coalesced in this one band and produced what I, 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 it just it still blows my mind <laughs> listening to that album and, listen, and listening to back to them live um yeah it, uh, great band
0: <laughs> i was gonna say like I, when i when i was listening to it they, they've got like this filthy blues like vibe about yeah. them um that was, again like it, it fit i think I, I can't remember if i said it in this because but before i definitely said where when i saw them on a lineup that you guys were putting on mm-hmm. i could already know what in, in essence what they were going to sound like because it fits so perfectly this this goes back to the whole talking about curating a lineup and knowing who's going to be fans of what mm. um and i would already sit there and go i know i'm going to like that band because they're going to have all the elements of every other band that are there same as everyone does like and maybe pushing it like you said it's a tom york fronted a noise rock band but who who couldn't like that if you like radiohead and
1: you like noise rock then use your perfect venn diagram of, of all those bands but um it's like, I like the combination of rats and magnificent. I think it's, it's, it, it position, describes it, you know. Yeah. It's like horrible and sleazy, but, and dirty, but it's also. Those
0: people who've got rats for pets now are gonna,
1: just gonna, I'm gonna get all well, the emails. Yeah, sorry. List. I do <laughs> like rats. Rats are cute.
0: <laughs> you can't just change your tune. This, I know, is, this I know. is on the record, this is there. <laughs> okay. But yeah, what was the, so other than Stuart, would <laughs> you remember the first time that you, um, you, you put them on
1: or you played with them? What was the, um, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was um at the end we did this gig called the end of the trail, I think, at the Wagon and Horses Mm -hmm. when the first time the Wagon and Horses was supposed to close. Yeah, it's about 15 times there, isn't it? I think Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um and we put we it was a day of a day like an all day. -er. Um and we had quite a few bands that we hadn't put on before. We had um uh, a band called Sly Persuaders from London as well, and um, a number of other bands, a Stinky Whizzlety, people like that, some classic yeah. local bands, basically. Yeah, um, oh, God, I, I think that them- was the first time we put them on. Like
0: that Stinky Whizzlety. So to go in a, a, a tangent there again, one of the heaviest bands I'd, I'd heard. Like and not having <laughs> a clue who who was in that band because. Um you're people that the wrong we knew person. wasn't it? So it's people that people that we knew. I, I assume because yeah. they were on the right radar with everyone but it was almost so mysterious about that band.
1: Um was James Commander was he one of them I think. Um
0: again like I it just I just
1: listened to him and went, what the
0: fuck was that? It yeah, just blew they just me away. To,
1: like, they, they, this, they're a very strange lot. They they seem to pop up every kind of two years or something hmm. <laughs> and then disappear again. <laughs> um yeah. No, so that that was a very noisy day that we did. And and um, I remember at the time that um, Rat stood out. Um, and when we'd released the first album for, for Chisels album, um, I, I got them to come up and be on the um, release show at the Hare and Hounds with us. Nice. Um, that was like my, my little treat for myself almost. <laughs> <laughs> Just a cherry on top. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, yeah, they burnt bright and faded away very fast.
0: I mean, a lot of these things like... Weren't... Have, I give myself the worst job in the world by discovering all these bands that are no longer together. And it also shows, that, again, like I said at the beginning, how terrible I am at listening to music. And I didn't know them before, which mm. is all on me at the end of the day. It's not like um, amazing promoters like you guys were putting them on every week for me to, to head down and, and go and see or anything. But um, it says something that when these bands can, can sit with you for so long. Um, after so long as well because i mean sometimes you just put a band on once and you stay mm. friends with them you might not put them on again and you might not get a chance to see them again but you'll listen to like their first single on a band camp that you discovered. you know when you said you go down the, the rabbit hole yeah go, oh, i remember that and then you look and you go nine years ago bloody hell where's that where's the <laughs> time gone um <laughs> But yeah, it says something like with, with bands like that, and and the people that are in those bands as well. That really is
1: what makes it, I guess. Yeah. You can listen yeah. to
0: a band and be be like, this band are amazing. You can meet them.
1: You'd be like, oh. <laughs> not nice people. I think, I think half of them are um, are in a band called Hot Sauce Pony as well, yeah. um which who we've had on playing at the last. year, welcome. We did. I think. Uh, yeah, they're also brilliant. Um, but you know. It, there was something think, special about wasn't Magnificent. Like.
0: On the uh, the list of bands that they're they all in, there's bands like Modern Men, um, The Family that's Manderson, right, yeah. um, a
1: band called Brenda.
0: I think that's a that's a fantastic name for a band that is. Yeah. Um, Strange yeah, Device. Perry. Yeah.
1: Perry the Front Man is a, he's, he's quite an, a, an interest, a very interesting character, a very nice guy. Um, I think he also does like a cartoon as well or something, um, which I've seen a bit of. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just... Yeah. Discover them.
0: <laughs> for yeah, for anyone who wants to, to to get like a vision in their head, their description is a uh Venn diagram made of Jesus Lizard, Sally Bowles, My Bloody Valentine, Slint, Oxbow, and Sunhouse. And it said, <laughs> and then you
1: might be in the right borough.
0: So yeah. if you like any and all of those things, um,
1: I think I think, think Steve Albini know. said said that he wanted them to be his house band or something. Oh fair enough. So it's <laughs> high praise from the man himself there. Yeah. yeah. Albini like um
0: Let's go on an Albini tangent. I don't know a lot about Steve Albini because I feel like he's one of those record producers and engineers that he's just produced a load of records that I love and I didn't know he did it, if that mm. if that makes sense. I think Tom from Goddamn could probably burn your ear off about Steve Albini for ages. But yeah. so many bands that we, you and I are close to or have at least gone and seen live have had something done by... Steve Albini.
1: Without <laughs> I think I think my favorite uh, associate Steve Albini story is probably Greg Coates', um one, where he was at one of the um, ATPs, I think. Oh, is it a shellac? Uh, shellac airplane, and yeah. um, during the show or something. I'm probably remembering this all wrong, but um, you'd need to get Greg on, and he'll tell you. <laughs> right, properly. Yeah, I'll just change such a thing now, See if you see. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think after the the shellac show, Steve Albini basically said, you know, anybody wants to come and play poker, you know, come back to our cabin and we'll do it. So Greg thought, Oh, that's a good idea. So he went around there and knocked on the door and Steve Albini opened it and there was nobody else there. And and he said, Oh, come in then, man. And he just sat there, but like with nobody else there, Steve Albini cooking him in some stew or something. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so you and, don't and want to just play kind of poker with Steve Albini,
0: you'll get absolutely rinsed. Like yeah. didn't he like disappear for about Five or six years and didn't really do any records. And then the next thing you saw is like Steve Albini is number one, like poker world champion or something like that. And he's won like a quarter of a million dollars. And he's just, that's, that's, that's probably, it's probably just trying to top up his ATP fee or something. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, true. <laughs> trying to, and um, pro- what happens is probably Greg probably beat him at poker. So he spent all that time disappeared practicing <laughs> so, so that can <laughs> take on Greg again. I'll have to get Greg on. If Greg's listening, I'd like to think he is please come on. It'd be lovely to have a chat with you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, let's go on to talk about a, a venue actually that um, yeah. if you don't mind, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to do my piece again, but please, please, please support your music venues, especially with this section. And you are probably bored of hearing me do the intro, but it really does mean a lot. What, what anyone can do, um, head to like save and you'll be able to do what you can there. But yeah, we're going to talk about a, a venue up in Leeds because and you've only mentioned it a few times, but Paul is from Wakefield. Up north, um, even though we've I met mentioned it, that already, yeah, just, just a few <laughs> times. But we mentioned it, like the fact that we both met in Birmingham, yeah, uh, in lovely musical circumstances. But I guess this venue must be a big part of like your, let's say, your university years and, and around that sort of time. Is that fair? Before show? that,
1: yeah. I mean, um, it, it's the the Duchess of York. Basically, was mm. it was it was the first small venue I ever went to, basically as a, as a teenager um it it was um it, it's the venue that all of the venues have been trying to live up to for me since then basically mm-hmm. yeah um it was incredible it was it was just a pub basically with a, a live room kind of in the back but it was kind of open to the bar as well <laughs> mm-hmm. um and you know they were they were it didn't i don't think it was open for long um it used to be it was called something else originally and then it became the Duchess of york in like the early 80s or something yeah it
0: says he was like establishing not a, there's a actual really nice website that's de- dedicated right. to the duchess of york i'll send it so you can have a read of it but it says <laughs> it was established in 1985 but then it says date not confirmed but i get that i guess there's some locals that'd be able to be like yeah that's about right
1: yeah and i think it was probably shut in like the 2000 or something I yeah 2000 yeah um, but the list of bands is incredible yeah yeah they just got i think
0: one two three four five six the, I'll, I'll list these bands as six bands. So it starts off with
1: Nirvana. So we're off to a good yeah. start. And, and that was um, in and
0: 1989 as well. I mean, so
1: that's like that. annoying because it's the year after that I started going to gigs in Leeds. So I, I saw the first time I saw Nirvana was at the year after at Leeds Polytechnic. Um, but A little yeah. bit bigger. A little bit bigger. And they weren't supporting Tad, <laughs> which they were at the Duchess of York. So they had Pixies,
0: Pulp, Oasis, Coldplay. Uh, Jokes. because I love the first two Coldplay
1: records, uh, Radiohead, Banished Street Preachers, and Blur. Everybody, it was the it was the venue that upcoming bands would play in Leeds, basically. And, and it was just such an intimate, beautiful venue. The stage was really low. So there was nothing between the crowd and the bands, really. Um, I think the first band I saw there was a band called Alice Donut, who, who is still to this day one of my, my favourite bands, <laughs> um, who are on Alternative Tentacles. And um, it was just the, my first experience of that, kind of bonding audience, bouncing off each other, sweat, mingling, dripping off the walls and things. That sounds so, like, wrong (laughs) now, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just that sweat, Um, oh, no, I'm all right, uh, right, mate. (laughs) But, no, it it was a a brilliant venue, and, you know, it should have been protected, really.
0: There's a fantastic um, quote
1: here uh, from Han in 2014. He
0: just says, sticky carpets, awful lager. (laughs) yeah. If that's what you remember about it, you know there's got to be more to it than that. But there's a there's actually a, a Facebook page as well called I Miss the Duchess of York that's got like 1,200 people involved in it as well. And I guess it's, it's the people that, the people that
1: remember it obviously you know have a deep love for it and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's uh, yeah it's it's it was one of a kind venue really. If you were to uh, I suppose
0: it's a stupid question now since you just said it's one of a kind, but if you were to compare it to somewhere else that you may have played or been, it could be anywhere in the country, I guess is there anywhere or is it just like, because for, for you, I guess, like you said, it means a lot to you. Your, your it was, yeah, it was local. And yeah, I yeah.
1: Um, it's really hard to say really. Um,
0: I think the answer would be good if it was no, because it shows
1: you how unique and, yeah, and important I I, it was. I certainly haven't come across a place like it, mm. Um, but you know, I, I was a, a teenager. It was, it was all new to me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's all, you know, rose tinted glasses and things but um it, it just seemed like i don't know i mean, from the way i've heard, i've heard you and other people talk about uh, club um and you know it's that kind of fondness that community yeah um, and I, I really think if it had survived for another 10 years or so it would have been around forever probably mm-hmm. but you know the redevelopment of leeds took priority I'll have to go. I said I'm going up to Leeds in a weekend's time
0: or whatever date we listen to this. Who knows? Um, and I will have to go and find it. You have to send me, send me a pin, and I'll go and put my hand on the wall. Uh, and send you a to, yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure it was demolished. <laughs> I'll go and sit in whoever's else. living room is is on the <laughs>
0: stage because if there's a picture here of the uh they call it the Kurt Cobain sofa because apparently it was yes that's right and, yeah. uh, after the gig Kurt Cobain just went to sleep on and spent the night on that sofa there. I want to go and stand in that spot. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, yeah, are there any other venues? I know you we want to
1: talk about Mothers. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, going back to the golf band, actually, briefly, because um, that's when I first played in um, in Birmingham in like the, the mid-90s. Yeah. Um, every venue that we played in that band has also been demolished. So, uh, you know, the places like the Mercat. good track record, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, so the Mercat, which was on the corner of the outdoor market you know the um wholesale market yeah, yeah. um and that, that was a terrible place during the day but at night it kind of became like this alternative venue um quite close to where subside is now actually okay. um, Yeah, and the Torreador, which was another pub uh which i believe is now the sports direct or something um Sounds just about opposite right. the rag market yeah yeah uh, so, so they, they were kind of important to me when i started playing in birmingham um but yeah that first time that i played at um at uh, Mother's that really kind of felt like home almost. It was, uh, it was, it's just such an, uh, it's at such an unusual venue. It, um, I mean, just the fact that you can park outside, you've got no stairs to carry your gear up. <laughs> <laughs> there's always, there's always a really good back line on the stage. So you don't even have to take any gear really. Yeah, um, And it's just such a great family of people, like you said. Um, it, it, and I would encourage anybody who hasn't been to a see a gig at Mother's once everything reopens to put it top of your list to uh, go out and check it out
0: I feel like we need to do sort of mid-afternoon day drinking at Mother's at the bar and then all jump in separate Ubers because we still can't share them and go up to the all day in uh, Heron Hounds and King's Heath and, and go and see all the best Birmingham bands like Mutes and Sunshine and and your poetry and everyone else and just have an all big knees up yeah, again, I'm yeah. getting all emotional here. Like, <laughs> just the thought of that is making me feel really happy. It's like really happy inside. But shows are coming back.
1: Like, it's yeah. We, we did a we did a, a socially distanced one at the Heron and a couple. Well, last month actually. And mm-hmm. um, we brought Keep up from Bristol. Yeah. Um, and uh, Greg's Greg's new band Hey Alamo. Greg from Ghost of the Airplanes and Modern yep. Literature, they played. Um, and it was just so nice seeing everybody even sat down and not jumping up and down everybody really enjoyed it you
0: know how how was that yeah because i mean i I haven't spoken to ben from mayors toronto about it. i was meant to um and so they played with with your poetry on the Mm. same show um we haven't had anything like that down here in in cardiff like live music is basically illegal it feels like the most dystopian place you can possibly be in or at least at the time when this show took place but how was it was it like really cathartic to get up and play and not it worry was, about you're not in a rehearsal room or anything. I, like. I
1: really enjoyed it. I mean, I quite like sitting down now at my age. <laughs> um, I, I like having drinks brought to me. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, obviously it was a bit rubbish that you couldn't talk to people really. Other people sat in, in everybody signing twos and fours basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once the gig was over we, and all oh, beforehand, everybody was chatting outside and stuff. Mm. Um, and it, it was just really nice to see everybody. I mean, but the fact, you know, that they've kind of pedestrianized like York Road bit outside the Heron Hounds there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, makes it kind of the venue spill out a bit more into the street almost. And it, it's um yeah, I mean it's a great place, Hare and Hounds as well. Um I just find it a bit of a pain to get to personally. Oh yeah, like I said, <laughs> unless
0: I was willing to sleep on my friend's sofa, which I was not on many occasions. <laughs> Nothing to do with it's the sofa was the issue. Um yeah, I was very I went to a good a good great few shows there to be honest with you like seeing like the excerpts and dmob happy in the small room there mm-hmm. with yonaka Um yonaka supported dmob happy they went on to tour support bring me the horizon i was like didn't see that happening but you know that's a, that's a real good venue but it's good to know like venues need shows like that to keep happening and people still want to go to and it shows that people yeah. you know are and i'm glad you had a fantastic time with it because i didn't want you to go that's oh, pretty shit really like just i bet it was like a proper release after and most
1: Keeper are amazing as well, actually. That's another great band. But yeah. I think
0: we're going to have to make this list about 20 bands long, but none of these <laughs> ones that, that aren't together, just the bands that we love that yeah. have meant a lot to us, especially from the West Midlands and, and so on, and gig swaps and things like that, too. But yeah, um, I'm going to leave it there because I've had an absolutely fantastic time having yeah. a chat with you and catching Me up too. with you. And um, yeah, I can't wait for the new record to come out. Good luck with that. Um, actually, on. I'm going to go pre order it now. Um, yeah is, is it available on the d there Bandcamp is that the it is yeah yeah, yeah. again I'll make sure i put all the links here it'll be out I suppose two, in two weeks time from today when you listen to this which should be July the 16th today it will
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> it's uh, already available on Bandcamp for people to download instantly as well so awesome. I'll make sure i get, get everyone on there as well but yeah Paul thank you so much um, go
0: and alphabetize your records or whatever it is that, that you do <laughs> for fun now but yeah thanks a lot dude
1: speak soon bye bye